A Bad Day for Vermin by Keith Laumer. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dale Grothman. A Bad Day for Vermin by Keith Laumer. They came in friendship and love. They couldn't help the way they looked. Judge Carter Gates of the Third Circuit Court finished his chicken salad on whole wheat, thoughtfully crumpled the wax paper bag and turned to drop it in the wastebasket behind his chair, and sat transfixed. Through his second-floor office window, he saw a forty-foot flower petal shape of pale turquoise settling gently between the well-tended petunia beds on the courthouse lawn. On the upper or stem end of the vessel, a translucent pink panel popped up, and a slender, graceful form, not unlike a large violet caterpillar, undulated into view. Judge Gates whirled to the telephone. Half an hour later, he put it to the officials gathered with him in a tight group on the lawn. Boys, this thing is intelligent. Any fool can see that. It's putting together what my boy assures me is some kind of talking machine, and any minute now it's going to start communicating. It's been twenty minutes since I notified Washington on this thing. It won't be long before somebody back there decides this is top secret and slaps a freeze on us here that will make the Manhattan Project look like a publicity campaign. Now, I say this is the biggest thing that ever happened to Plum County, and if we don't aim to be put right out of the picture, we'd better move fast. What you got in mind, Judge? I propose we hold an open hearing right here in the courthouse the minute that thing gets its gear to working. We'll put it on the air. Tom Clembers from the radio station's already stringing wires, I see. Too bad we've got no TV equipment, but Jody Hurd has a movie camera. We'll put Willow Grove on the map bigger than Cape Canaveral ever was. We're with you on that, Carter. Ten minutes after the melodious voice of the Fianna's translator had requested escort to the village headman, the visitor was looking over the crowded courtroom, with an expression reminiscent of a St. Bernard puppy, hoping for a romp. The rustle of feet and throat-clearing subsided, and the speaker began. People of the green world, happy the cycle. Heads turned at the clump of feet coming down the side aisle, a heavy torsoed man of middle age, bald, wearing a khaki shirt and trousers and rimless glasses and with a dark leather holster slapping his hip at each step, cleared the front row of seats, planted himself, feet apart, yanked a heavy nickel-plated forty-four revolver from the holster, took aim, and fired five shots into the body of the Friana at a range of ten feet. The violet form whipped convulsively, writhed from the bench to the floor with a sound like a wet fire hose being dropped, uttered a gasping twitter, and lay still. The gunman turned, dropped the pistol, threw up his hands, and called, Sheriff Hoskins, I'm putting myself in your protective custody. There was a moment of stunned silence, then a rush of spectators for the alien. The sheriff's three hundred and nine-pound bulk bellied through the shouting mob to take up the stand before the khaki-clad man. I always knew you was a mean one, Cecil Stump, he said, unlimbering the handcuffs, ever since I seen you making up those ground-glass baits for Joe Potter's dog. But I never thought I'd see you turn to cold-blooded murder. He waved at the bystanders. Clear a path through here. I'm taking my prisoner over to the jail. Just a dad blame minute, Sheriff. Stump's face was pale. His glasses were gone. 
and one khaki shoulder strap dangled, but what was almost a grin twisted one meaty cheek. He hid his hands behind his back, leaning away from the cuffs. I don't like the word prisoner. I ask for your protection. And better look out who you're throwing the word murder off at, too. I ain't murdered nobody. The sheriff blinked, turned to Roar. How's that victim, Doc? A small gray head rose from bending over the limp form of the Fianna. Deader than a mackerel, Sheriff. I guess that's it. We'll go, Cecil. What's the charge? First-degree murder. Who'd I murder? Why, you killed this here, this stranger. That ain't no stranger. That's a varmint. Murder's got to do with killing humans, the way I understand it. You're going to tell me that that thing's human? Ten people shouted at once. Human as I am, intelligent being. Tell me you can simply kill. Must be some kind of law. The sheriff raised his hands, his jowls drawn down in a scowl. What about it, Judge Gates? Any law against Cecil Stump killing the... Uh... The judge thrust out his lower lip. Well, let's see, he began. Technically. Good Lord, somebody blurted. You mean the laws on murder don't define what constitutes... I mean, what... What a humorin' is, Cecil snorted. Whatever it says, it sure, Bob, don't include no purple worms. That's a varmint, pure and simple. Ain't no different killin' it than any other critter. Then by God we'll get him on malicious damage, a man called, or huntin' without a license out of season, carrying concealed weapons. Stump went for his hip pocket, stumbled out a fat, shapeless wallet, extracted a thumbed rectangle of folded paper, offered it. I'm a licensed exterminator. I got a permit to carry a gun, too. I ain't broken no law. He grinned openly now. Just doing my job, Sheriff, and at no charge to the county. A smaller man with bristling red hair flared his nostrils at Stump. You bloodthirsty idiot, he raised a fist and shook it. We'll be a national disgrace. Worse than Little Rock. Lynch is too good for you. Hold on there, Weinstein, the sheriff cut in. Let's not go getting no lynch talk started. Lynch, is it? Cecil Stump bellowed, his face suddenly red. Why, I done a favor for every man here. Now you listen to me. What is that thing over there? He jerked a blunt thumb toward the judicial bench. It's some kind of critter from Mars or some place. You know that as well as me. And what's it here for? It ain't for the good of the likes of you or me, I can tell you that. It's them or us. And this time, by God, we got in the first lick. Why, you, you hate monger? Now hold on right there. I'm as liberal-minded as an ex-feller. Hell, I like a black, and I can't hardly tell a Jew from a white man. But when it comes to taking in a purple worm and calling it Cuban, that's where I draw the line. Sheriff Hoskins pushed between Stump and the surging front rank of the crowd. Stay back there. I want you to disperse peaceably and let the law handle this. I figure I'll push off now, Sheriff, Stump hitched up his belt. I figured you might have to calm em down right at first, but now they've had a chance to think it over and see I ain't broken no law. Ain't none of these law-abiding folks going to do anything illegal, like trying to get rough with a licensed exterminator just doing his job. He stooped to retrieve his gun. Here, I'll take that, Sheriff Hoskins said. You can consider your gun license canceled, and your exterminating license too. 
Stump grinned again, handed the revolver over. Sure, I'm cooperative, Sheriff. Anything you say. Send it around to my place when you're done with it. He pushed his way through the crowd to the corridor door. The rest of you stay put, a portly man with a head of bushy white hair pushed his way through to the bench. I'm calling an emergency town meeting to order right here and now. He banged the gavel on the scarred bench top, glanced down at the body of the dead alien, now covered by a flag. Gentlemen, we've got to take fast action. If the wire services get a hold of this before we've gone on record, Willow Grove will be a blighted area. Look here, Willard, Judge Gates said, rising. This, this mob isn't competent to take legal action. Never mind what's legal, Judge. Sure, this calls for federal legislation, maybe a constitutional amendment. But in the meantime, we're going to define what constitutes a person within the incorporated limits of Willow Grove. That's the least we can do, a thin-faced woman snapped, glaring at Judge Gates. Do you think we're going to sit here and condone this outrage? Nonsense, Gates said. I don't like what happened any better than you do. But a person, well, a person's got to have two arms and two legs, and... Shapes got nothing to do with it, the chairman cut in. Bears walk on two legs. Dave Zawaki lost his in the war. Monkeys have hands. Any intelligent creature, the woman started. Nope, that won't do either. My unfortunate cousin's boy Melvin was born an imbecile, poor lad. Now, folks, there's no time to waste. We'll find it very difficult to formulate a satisfactory definition based on considerations such as these. However, I think we can resolve the question in terms that will form a basis for future legislation on the question. It's going to make some big changes in things. Hunters aren't going to like it. The meat industry will be affected. But if, as it appears, We've entered into an era of contact with, uh, creatures from other worlds. we got to get our house in order. You tell them, Senator, somebody yelled. We better leave this for Congress to figure out, another voice insisted. we got to do something. The Senator held up his hands. Quiet, everybody. There'll be reporters here in a matter of minutes. Maybe our ordinance won't hold water, but it'll start them thinking, and it'll make a lot better copy for Willow Grove than the killing. What you got in mind, Senator? Just this, the Senator said solemnly. A person is any harmless creature. Pete chuffled. Somebody coughed. What about a man who commits a violent act, then? Judge Gates demanded. What's he, huh? That's obvious, gentlemen, the Senator said flatly. He's vermin. On the courthouse steps, Cecil Stump stood, hands in hip pockets talking to a reporter from the big town paper in Mantoon, surrounded by a crowd of latecomers, who had missed the excitement inside. He described the accuracy of his five shots, the sound they had made hitting the big blue snake, and the ludicrous spectacle the latter had presented in its death agony. He winked at a foxy man in overalls, picking his nose at the edge of the crowd. "'Guess it'll be a while for any damn reptiles move in here like they own the place,' he concluded." The courthouse doors banged wide, excited citizens pouring forth, veering aside from Cecil Stump. The crowd around him, thin, broke up as his members collared those emerging with hot news. The reporter picked a target. Perhaps you'd care to tell me a few details of the action taken by the, uh, special committee, sir. 
Senator Custis pursed his lips. A session of the town council was called, he said. We've defined what a person is in this town. Stump, standing ten feet away, snorted. Can't touch me with no ex post factory law. And also, what can be classified as vermin, Custis went on. Stump closed his mouth with a snap. Here, that's supposed to be some kind of slam at me, Custis. By God, come election time. Above, the door opened again. A tall man in a leather jacket stepped out, stood looking down. The crowd pressed back. Senator Custis and the reporter moved aside. The newcomer came down the steps slowly. He carried Cecil Stump's nickel-plated forty-four in his hand. Standing alone now, Stump watched it. Here, he said, his voice carrying a sudden note of strain. Who are you? The man reached the foot of the steps, raised the revolver, and cocked it with a thumb. I'm the new exterminator, he said. End of Bad Day for Vermin by Keith Laumer This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org.